everyone and welcome back to the SBK betting podcast where we've got to the ultimate Europe's richest race Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe will be underway on Sunday at Paris Longchamp and well there's been more about the horses that haven't been running uh, less about that more about those that ha- are running there's been so much drama in the build-up to this race Will they, won't they? And then, of course, the late uh, non-runner of the Australian Supermare, very elegant. Sad though it is, we still, I feel, have a very strong lineup of 20. And Luxembourg currently heads the betting for Brian Moore, Aidan O'Brien, at 7-2. to two. Has got stall eight to come out of. Alpinista. Uh, the wonder mare for Kirsting Rousing, Sir Mark Prescott and Luke Morris is 92. She comes out of stall six. And Tokota Tasso, last year's winner, is 13 to 2, along with Vidani, who's a bit of a surprise uh, late addition to this field. We've also got Ernesto at 8 to 1. Title holder for Japan is 9 to 1. And Westover with Rob Hornby jocked on at 10 to 1. Bigger prices. For the rest of them, we'll get into the thick of it because it always needs a lot of attention, this race. TC, I'll come to you first. From a general overview of this race, how do you feel? What kind of race do we have in terms of the greats that we've seen in the past? And uh, and what are your thoughts on Very Elegant very quickly? You know, she's obviously a big miss from the race. She would have brought that southern hemisphere form um, that we don't necessarily always see um, in the Brutal Art of Triumph. I mean, she wouldn't have won, right? I, I can't see her even finishing in the frame if she was in this race. She's disappointed on the two European starts, but obviously she would have bought that extra factor. That's something that we miss in races like this. We we see it at the Breeders' Cup. You get European, you get Japanese, you get American. It would be nice to see more than a couple of continents represented here. But you know what? I don't think the race necessarily lacks star quality that it would have had if Very Elegant was in the field. Mm, yeah, it's uh, she. She would have had a bit of spice, but whether she uh, had a huge chance in this race, um, I was I was questioning it, doubting it at, at all. But we do have horses coming into it with in huge form. The three-year-olds as well. There's a good quality lineup of three-year-olds, but perhaps it's the older horses and the likes of Alpinista who has been essentially laid out for this race since the end of last year and possibly could have even won this race last year had she run in it, is the type of horse that uh, plenty are looking forward to see. Ross, um, I'll come to you first for your section then, and also your thoughts on this field and, and the shape of it. Do you feel, from what we saw last year, which was a shock, do you think that we've got a better kind of race or do you think we could have another shock up, up our sleeves? I'm not certain last year was, was a shock, to be honest, Jess. I think he was just the horse that handled conditions best. Um and it does look, I mean, I'm in the south of France, but we've had plenty of rain. It looks like uh, Longchamp have had plenty of rain as well. It's, I don't think it'd be as heavy as last year, but it's certainly going to be soft, which is going to definitely suit Tokota Tasso better than any ground he's encountered so far this year. So I don't think he should be dismissed, but he is drawn out very wide, which is going to demand more from him this year, I think. Um, I think it's very competitive. And I think there's a lot of slightly unknown elements. You know, Luxembourg was was really impressive having been a, away from the trap for a while last time, stepping up to a mile four, which I think they've always thought was going to be his his trip. Vidani looks like he'll stay, and he's had a sort of touch of star quality throughout. But um, the one I've been really keen on right away from, from basically last year when Torquato Tasso won it was Alpinista, because she, she beat him um, 
in the Prix de Berlin last year, early in, in the year. Um, and she's just carried on. Um, I think her form last time in the Yorks Ropes was really impressive. I don't think they went quick enough early on for her. Um, it would have certainly suited Tuesday more, who had sort of mile and, and, and 10 furlong tactical speed. But Alice Panista knuckled down, showed a bit more speed than I think anyone thought she perhaps had. And I don't think she was hard pushed to see off um, Tuesday, if I'm honest. She'll handle this soft ground. And I, I think she's the most adaptable in the race. I was looking, trying to figure out where the pace would come from. And I don't think there is an abundance of early pace. You know, Luxembourg, Torquato, Tasso, Vidani, Ernesto, I think they're going to want to be sort of weighted with. They're going to want to close late on. So where does the pace come from? I mean, possibly Westover, unless they roll the dice and try and get him to, to drop it and settle. But it's a pretty risky tactic, you know, when you only get one chance at an arc as a three-year-old. Um, so I thought maybe the pace from Westover, possibly Broom. I think Westover Connections will be hoping that's not the case because Brune did a proper number on Westover last time and set him alight. Um, I think Alpinista can just, from a, from a nice draw, can sit in behind them. Um, she clearly doesn't need a lead into the race. You know, she can make her own running. She'll pick it up when she wants to pick it up. If they're going quick enough for her, then Luke Morris will sit. If they're not, I think he'll he'll go on and make it a real test of stamina. She's never run over further than the mile four, but she was entered over a mile six. Looks a thorough stayer. Um, I think she's got by far the most going for her. She's got a nice draw. She'll handle the soft ground. She's definitely going to stay. She's got cracking form in the book. I, th I think she's got an outstanding chance. Um, one that just interests me at a, at, a, at a really big price, and it's a bit of a wild swing, is Mostadaf. Um, he's two from two on soft ground on the turf. He's three from three when the all-weather has been described as riding slow including last time over a mile four in a group three, where he stayed on really well and did it quite cosily. Um, he's slightly unexposed at this this triple one mile four, I thought. Um, I think he probably be ridden to place. That might just mean he sort of runs into a place late on. You know, he probably won't commit as early as some that are trying to genuinely win it. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. around about 50 to 66 to one, I thought he was not to be dismissed because he will handle the ground and I think plenty here won't. Yeah, intriguing about the ground. They're expecting a lot of rain on, on Friday, whether that will change it up, but they've also been watering, haven't they? So that's been um, slightly controversial too. Um, it's it's interesting what you say about uh, Alpinista. One thing, you know, you know your breeding, your pedigree so well. She, of all of them, even though she's by Frankel and they can be headstrong, she seems to be, if you look through the field, the most uncomplicated horse of the field. She seems to, you know, you can put her wherever you want. She's also improving, clearly, like her granddad did as she gets older. Whereas a lot of the lead protagonists have question marks about how headstrong they can be, Westover being one, Luxembourg, you know, he's still fairly fragile. You've got the likes of Ernesto and Vidani, whether they definitely stay. So if you narrow it all down, she's the one that's fairly obvious, really. Yeah, if, you, if, it, if it comes down to a fight, I mean, Luxembourg was impressive last time. He's never carried my money because I just don't like his head carriage. It, mm. it, it just doesn't work for me. It clearly works for him. But if it comes down to a fight, her versus uh, Luxembourg, she's got bags of attitude, bags of uh, desire. I, I think she'd beat him in a, in a straight dogfight all day long. Yeah, and the, the other little tiny factor which might just help her, especially in a fight at the end, is the, the sex allowance that she does get to, um, which you can't forget has helped a, a lot of mares in the past. So Alpinista has an extremely strong chance and one that I'm 
I'm hopeful for as well, Ross. I think it's a it's a, a seriously good case for a man that's just done absolutely nothing wrong. But do want to touch on this for Danny Point and TCL come to you next because I was surprised to see him in this field. I remember speaking to Jean-Claude Rouget back at, at Sandown Times saying, you know, the only reason why they were coming over to the UK and Ireland was because these were all the races for him. Um, you know, he's a 10 furlong horse and that's about, you know, the limits of him being by a miler. And then he runs quite a funny race in the Irish Champion Stakes. And I don't know whether maybe uh, Christoph Sumion got all the luck for him in the Eclipse, but it just didn't go quite his way at Leopardstown. How did you work out that race? And did he scream to you when he, you saw it as a as a 12 furlong horse? Um, interesting question. I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily ideally suited to a mile four. Don't get me wrong. I mean, based on what he's done so far, he's not a mile four horse. But at the same time, I think he shapes as well he, uh, as, as so he could get a mile four. I mean, last time in the Irish champion, he was held up last. The race was run at a weird clip tactically up front. They went super hard. Then there was a huge gap back to the protagonists. Um, Luxembourg had the jump on Vedani and also Mishrif who were positioned behind him in the run. And track advantage can be such a big thing uh, in races like this, the way that race panned out with a um, a lone front runner, horse chasing, and then a pack. Um, So I think that suited Luxembourg. And actually the way Verdani finished was enough to suggest to me that he could get this trip. Now, I'm not buying any of this rubbish that people are putting on Twitter that he should have won that race with a clear run. I think that's a load of garbage. Um, I think that's absolute tosh like there's no way he would have won that race he switched to the inside which wasn't ideal but he didn't lose much momentum and he still got beat hands down by Luxembourg I'm not a buyer of Luxembourg at all and I think three to one's a horrific price now this horse as Ross touched on has not got the best head carriage he's long been highly regarded he's long been considered uh, an arc prospect for the future but at the same time in the verse of futurity it was a super weak race he didn't impress me visually the horse that finished second, Sissoko, hasn't been seen since. And the third, uh, Bayside Boy, produced the best subsequent piece of form, which was a listed win. Then Luxembourg ran in 2,000 guineas. Fine, that was an okay effort. Got beat by two Godolphin horses who were exceptional, and he stumbled at the start. Maybe that was a career-best performance. Then in the Royal Whip, he looked slow. Poor RPR of just 111. And then last time in the Irish Champion here, things go his way. 3-1, to one, I think, is a terrible price, and you have to look elsewhere. Torcato Tasso, who Ross has touched on, has drawn 18, and that's just enough to put me off. I think he's a major player, though, uh, especially on last year's effort. So it was ma- mainly a case of just ruling out some of these leading protagonists in the market based on the, the poor pricing, um, the weak uh, stall positions for some of the leading uh, protagonists, and that kind of left me with Vidani. I mean, if you go back to the pre Jockey Club, is that not the best or the second best piece of form in the race? I think so. He's going to get uh, a big field, which will suit. He likes the hustle and bustle. He's, I think he's going to get a fair gallop because Stay Foolish will go to the front from Saul 20. There is no other option for this horse. Um, and I think that will set uh, the field alight. I think there'll be a couple that will also want to be well positioned. Videna will be out the back and that will suit him. And he's back on home soil for the first time in a long time, which again is another tick in the box. So at a double figure price, I'll take my chance. Okay, then two questions for you then. Why not Ernesto if you like Videna who's finished in front of him? He clearly was unlucky in the Preview Jockey Club. And you haven't mentioned any reason why you're against Alpinista. Alpinista, her best RPR is one two one, and that came in the Yorkshire Oaks when she beat Tuesday. If you look back at the last ten winners of the Arc, the worst of those on RPRs was one two two. So she has to produce a career best. Has a five year old mare. I'm not sure that's that's going to happen. Um, and Ernesto, I thought. Ernesto's got a good chance, but around the same price as Vidani. And also in the Irish champion, there was no excuses for Ernesto. Ernesto was in front of Vidani, level with Luxembourg, got beat by Luxembourg. So it's hard to make a, a real case 
that he can reverse that form and hold off the two that weren't ridden as efficiently. Interesting. I just want to try and rule out anything that try and make sure that we've gone through as much as we can because obviously this race uh, just surprised us all last year. And you can't, you can't, you can't take away anything from any of these horses. They're all here for their credit and their merit. Uh, Westover, I assume we we all we all feel maybe he's not quite there yet as a horse. The last run, Ross, maybe your thoughts. The last run at Ascot, you know, it it was it was frightening what he did out in front. He'll really need them to go a good clip but it's likely that will happen. Just why not Westover? Uh, I mean, I, I think he's got plenty of talent. Um, but yeah, that he, he was, I mean, there's being keen and then there's being wild. And, and he was wild, really. I mean, I think he was sort of pretty much bolting um, with, with uh, Colin Keane at the time. Um, you have to say, Ralph Beckett's had, had a really good season. Um, he's, not one to go tilting at windmills. You know, I think they like this horse a lot. They wouldn't run him if they weren't confident that uh, they they sort of got the lid back on him. But again, you're, you're traveling abroad. It's just just enough to put me off at, at the price. Like if he was a overpriced sort of outsider, you definitely give him a chance because he's got bags of ability. But it really put me off how he ran last time. I thought it was pretty disgraceful, his sort of, behavior through the race um and he and he then ran himself to it you know he finished very tired he ran himself to a stop um i think three-year-old big big unfurnished three-year-old is enough to put me off yeah I, i'm with you he I, I really would love it for rob hornby really well i think he so deserves to have, have this ride now but i just don't know if he's the finished article yet he, he could be better next year i hope that he stays in training he is the classic winner in the field. Okay, we've given it a good go over a lot of these main protagonists. Obviously, you've got the Japanese horse title holder. Is it their opportunity? Just got to think that the ground might just go against him now. I can see TC nodding as well. But it's worth mentioning that obviously the Japanese put their best of their best in this race and title holder is that. But Videni for TC, um, Ross with Alpinista, which I'm going to agree as well. I think that this mare has got every opportunity to be be a lot better than these. She's shown herself well capable against the against the Colts in the past. I think she's been expertly handled this season to give her uh, the most amount of breaks, to take her abroad, just to keep her like keep her sweet. And yes, she needs to post her career best, as TC says. But she already did that against Torquato Tasso uh, at the middle of uh, of last summer, and he went and won the the arc. And one horse I'm just going to select as a real wild one outsider is if you do like Alpinista is Mendocino, and if you do like Torquato Tasso as well, this horse beat uh, Torquato Tasso last time at a big price in Baden Baden in the Group One. Was also just behind Alpinista last uh, November. Um, as well in another group one um, in the, the Bombay. And so he's no slouch. Uh, he's about 25 to one and he's a horse by all the flog um, out of a pivotal mare that will relish a bit of ease in the ground. So it could be there with a, with a shout. You can't uh, dismiss these German horses. So that's um, a, a place selection as well for the pre Lux Triumph. I think we've given it our best, guys. We definitely want to um, make the most of trying to Suss out any quirks in a lot of these horses. It's going to be fascinating. I thought it was really intriguing that the lead UK and Irish horses being Alpinista coming out of store six, Westover coming out of seven and Luxembourg out of eight. That's definitely the sweet spot of where you want to be. So that's the pre triumph 
on Sunday uh, at Parry Longshot, run at 3.05 UK time. So really looking forward to that. And plenty will be pleased to see when it's over. It means it's the start of the jump season, um, definitely for Ross Miller anyway. Um, so we'll uh, crack on and look at what else is there to look forward to over the weekend because we've got naps and place selections uh so perhaps and then we'll get into our stat attack as always as well so perhaps ross you'll let us know where your um, nap selection comes from this weekend the naps in the 151 at ascot the first race on their card uh, and it's king's lynn um he's had impossible tasks the last twice uh, in the king's stand at royal ascot and then trying to back up in the in the platinum jubilee he's he's just simply not that class but his record in, in Group 3 and, and listed level contests is excellent. Um, and uh, he arrives here fresh. He's not run since Ascot. Plenty of these in the field have had a busy enough season. He stays six furlongs. So this stiff five, I think, should suit him really well. Um, I thought five to one was a big price about him. Um, I think he's a decent horse at this level. I think he'll take some take, take some beating. Okay, that's Kings Lynn in the 151. There are stakes at Ascot on saturday um tc where's your nap section coming from yeah it was a head-to-head tc versus ross in the 151 at ascot i'm with manakan who's going to be the the, the favorite in here a reasonably short price i think around 130 three to one ish tis marvelous won this race last year but it was a weak renewal um this time around it's much better and there's a horse a three-year-old in here in manakan who's rapidly improving up the ranks last time out he was super unlucky not to win a group three at newbury wasn't given the best ride, had to weave in and out of traffic and only got beat in a photo. I think on that evidence and his previous victory, he's well capable of winning at a listed class race. And he's already been successful at Ascot in the Shergar Cup this year. So I'll definitely be taking Manikan in the roost stakes. Okay, TC Ross Miller battle. We haven't had one of those for a while um, to kick off proceedings at Ascot on Saturday. I'm also at Ascot. It's got a really good card, um, in fact, um, throughout the course of the day. Um, and only six races as well as it should be. Um, the 225, the Cumberland Lodge stakes, the Group 3, got Hamish um, reappearing after his excellent second in the Irish St. Ledger. Uh, but that was over one mile six. He's back down to one mile four, where I think he could be a little bit more vulnerable. He also needs to give heaps of weight away, including to my selection, Cresta, who is nine to two. Um, he put up a career best when uh, winning uh, the August stakes uh, the listed race at uh, Windsor last time out. Um, that was a really impressive display. He absolutely bolted up. Um, he's in against his elders here, but he was um, last time as well. And I think uh, he can take advantage of the weight that he's receiving from his elders and also the fact that there should be a good bit of pace on here as well. Um, so really like the chances of Crester for Freddie and Martin Mead and David, David Probert on board. Okay, nap section's done. Um, bit of interest from Asker. And imagine... We've got some place um, selections from further afield as there's plenty of racing on. And as always, SBK has place only odds on all races. So, Ross, where is yours from? 321 at red card, Jess. Um, and I really like Jumbo. To the point he could have almost been a, a, a big price nap. Um, he arrives here fresh. I like horses at the back end of the year that arrive fresh. Plenty have had busy seasons. His last run was again at Royal Ascot in the Winter Castle Stakes where he finished fifth. That's worked out really well. Obviously, Little Big Bear was an emphatic winner. Um, but then the three that finished in front of him, Eddie's Boy, Rocket Rodney and Chateau, are rated between 102 and 107. Um, he's got bags of upside to him. His initial debut win was over an extended five furlongs. He's run twice over five furlongs since then. 
now steps up to six. He was staying on really well late in the day in the Windsor Castle. You know, he saw it out really well. Um, I think that's the outstanding piece of form in the race. Uh, he's around about 10, 11 to 1, I think. 11 to 1 with SDK. I think that's a huge price. Um, I think he could well win it. But at that sort of price, you can have a, a place saver as well. Okay, yeah, we've got 11 to 1 for Jumbo. Haley Turner on board for Tom Clover, who's had an excellent season. So that's the 321, uh, which is the two-year-old trophy, the listed race at Redcastle. Another excellent race and a good field size for that pot too. Um, TC, uh, your place uh, play, please. Yeah, the place play this week is going to be Crystal Estrella in the 131 at Newmarket. She's trained by Sir Michael Stout and is around 7-1 to one at the moment. I imagine she'll go off a little bit shorter. This race is dominated by a Shabwa runner called Al Husen at the top of the market. But I prefer Crystal Estrella for a win play and a place play in here. Um, this filly took a, a while to get going last year in, in her two-year-old season. She's a typical Sir Michael Stout, slow-burning, uh, middle-distance prospect. Last year, she finished mid-div in her only race, but this year, she came back on a season of appearance, finished fourth behind Emily Upjohn in a decent maiden, showed good promise that day from mid-division, moved up the pack, finished fourth. And then last time out, she beat, albeit a weak group, very impressively at Goodwood. I think she'll take another step forward, and her mark right now looks perfectly reasonable to me. I think she's going to be a 100-plus filly in the making. So Crystal Estrella in the 131 at Newmarket. Yeah, she could be given a bit of a gift for the handicapper at mark, the mark of 89. Um, and it's she's 7-1 to one at the moment. Newmarket hosts a really good card, including the Sun Chariot Group 1, which is a, a, a fascinating race. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that all pans out as well with Saffron Breach trying to make it back-to-back victories. Um, for me, um, I'm going back to Longshot. Obviously, we've got a glittering array of horses appearing um, outside of the Pre-Deluxe Triumph. Um, and the Prix de l'Abbé for the sprinters is always a, a fabulous race, quite difficult to watch coming down the middle of the track and uh, with the plenty of runners as well. It can be a bit of a cavalry charge with 19 runners. And I am going to uh, put my faith back into last year's winner, A Case of You, who's 10 to 1. He possibly hasn't been seen to best effect over the last couple of runs, definitely last time um, uh, over on Home Shores in Ireland at the Curragh, where he was very wide and he had no opportunity at all out on the wing. Um, he need, probably needs a lot more cover, which he got in last year's race. And I think that um, this race hopefully will bring out the best of him, uh, for the Aidan McGuinness team. So uh, he's had a win. That was early on in the year at Maidan. He's been a little bit hit and miss um, so far the rest of the season, but I'm sure they have been eyeing up this race and a repeat success all seasons so for a case of you at 10 to 1 and I think is a bit of good value for last year's winner. So those are all the nap and place place selections. TC, your moment of truth, your stat attack time. Yeah, we're back to the flat this week after a poor stat attack over jumps last week. Um, and it's Charlie Appleby who's the, the person in, in question here. He has a 25% strike rate with his two-year-olds at Newmarket which have produced a £1 level stakes profit of plus £36.54 throughout his career. Now, on Saturday at Newmarket, he unleashes two supremely well-bred two-year-old colts. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you'd have already seen the tweet about this. But uh, the first one is Imperial Emperor, who's the son of Dubawi out of uh, Group 1 winning mare, Zukova. Um, And he's also a full brother to First Ruler, who's a very good horse right now for Charlie Appleby. Um, He makes his debut in the 317. And the horse I'm even more interested in is Military Order, who runs in the 352. Uh, He's a son of Frankel and he's a full brother to Adiyar. Now, this seems like a big day for Charlie Appleby. It seems like he's unleashing two of his best uh, late-season two-year-olds, mm. and I'm really hopeful that we'll potentially see a superstar in the making there. 
Okay, Charlie Appleby, he's got quite enough weekend from his stand, especially in in, in Parry Longshore, not a huge amount of runners, no runners in the arc at all. So see what uh, these two-year-olds are made of because he's had a really good handle on um, that division um, over the course of the season. Okay, um, that is stat attack. We've got place selections, we've got nap selections, we've got everything that you need for really busy uh, weekends racing. Um, a reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply. Thank you as always for listening and uh, make sure to like subscribe uh, you can listen to all uh, listen to us on all your favorite podcast apps uh, but also the content that we have on our youtube channel from our ambassadors um, including stable tools are always well worth listening to so make sure to keep up to date big thanks to ross and to tc best of luck for this weekend and we'll see you next week